We meet today in Isaiah chapters 15 and chapter 16. The burden of Moab or the burden against Moab. Chapter 15 of Isaiah is actually a brief chapter which records the burden or the third burden, the burden against Moab. Chapters 15 and 16 deal with Moab totally. Now, this seems strange in the light of the fact that there were only two chapters that dealt with Babylon, and Babylon was the first great world power. Compared to Babylon, Moab may seem to us like it was very small, really. But in Isaiah's day, in fact, as early as the time of David, this land was very important, and it was a great kingdom, Moab. Moab was the nation which came from Lot through his insensuous relationship with his elder daughter. Moab, the illegitimate son of this sordid affair, was the father of the Moabites. These people became the inveterate and persistent enemies of the nation of Israel. Balak, their king, hired Balaam the prophet to curse Israel for he feared them when they passed through the land of Moab. Now, the lovely story in the book of Ruth concerns a maid of Moab. This maiden of Moab was a very wonderful person. David was part Moabite, for his father, Jesse, was a descendant of Obed, the son of Boaz and Ruth. David had relatives in Moab, and he took his father and mother there when Saul was pursuing him. Today, the nation of Moab has disappeared. But who are the modern Moabites today? Well, I feel that Moab is representative of those people who make a profession of being children of God, but actually have no vital relationship with him. Even though they go to church, they carry the Bible, they attend all the meetings, but their relationship with God is not vital. In fact, they may be going into church for the purpose of making an impression to become only fit citizens in their society for other advantages that they go in for. They do not have a relationship with God. Like Felix and Festus, the Moabites are almost persuaded but they are not really persuaded. They were not very far from the kingdom, but they never quite made it in the kingdom. You can use the expression, so near, but so far. They were neighbors of God's people, but they never became followers of God. The modern Moabite is easily discovered. He is in our churches today. He is in your church. He may be in any Christian gathering that you move into. He parades as a Christian. He is the one Paul described in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 5 as having a form of godliness but denying its power. Turn away from such people. That is what Paul challenged Timothy to do to move away from people who had the Moabite tendons. Jude 16 also describes a Moabite person. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lust, and they mouth great swelling words, 
flattering people to gain advantage. Sometimes they are even described as people who are empty clouds that promise rain when there is no rain. But all they are doing here is to make religion or even godliness as a means to financial gain. And he says, be careful of such people. The modern Moabites are ungodly. That's the bottom line. They pretend to be godly, but they are not. They flatter you with great swelling words when they think they can get something from you, but drop you the minute they find that they cannot get anything again out of you. It's like the tendons of politicians and even some faith prosperity gospel people who would only be interested in you as long as you are giving them money, as long as you are close to them with your paycheck. The more you are now talking about real vital issues of a relationship with God, they drop you. Moab was a dangerous friend to have. He was indeed. It was never a trusted ally of Israel. And so the enmity was there. Christians are charged upon to make sure that you do not simply make friends or even be found in the company of God's people for the sake of the things you get out of them. Let us worship God. Let us do the things of God for the sake of a relationship we will build with God. That must be our primary concern and everything else follows behind. So we look at the sudden destruction of Moab. The burden against Moab because in the night Ur of Moab is laid waste and destroyed because in the night Ker of Moab is laid west and destroyed. Isaiah 15 verse 1. The burden against Moab encompasses the entire eastern Transjordan. Prophecy opens with a historic reminder of the fall of Ur. And that was the capital of Moab at that time. And Ker was the chief fortress of that nation. The Moabites were a people descended from Lot and his elder daughter, according to Genesis 19:31 to 37. Their land was east of the Dead Sea, between the city of Jaza in the north and the Wadi Zered in the south. After the death of Ahab, the Israelite king, Moab had broken away and refused to pay the annual tribute, according to 2 Kings 3, verse 5 and the following. Eventually, Joram, Ahab's son, aided by Jehoshaphat of Judah, invaded Moab, capturing the capital and destroying its chief fortress. Thus, Isaiah reminds Moab of that terrible time of earlier destruction that again threatened this rebellious nation. We are also introduced to another phrase that is in the night. You see, the burden of Moab came suddenly. This expression is repeated twice to emphasize the suddenness of the storm which struck the nation. The storm came at night and their night of weeping never ended. Assyria destroyed this nation in a way that is unbelievable and almost unspeakable. They seemed to wipe Moab off the face of the earth. Isaiah 15 verse 2. 
He has gone up to the temple of Dibon, to the high places to weep. Moab will wail over Nebo and over Medeba. On all their heads will be boldness, and every beard cut off. Now, there are several places mentioned in this verse, which I do not think we are acquainted with. We do not know them. But let's try to understand the meaning there. Budget means house and apparently refers to the temple of Chemosh, which was in that land. Dibon was a town on the east side of Jordan, where the Moabite stone was found. And Nebo is the mountain from which Moses saw the promised land. Madeba was a city that belonged to Reuben, according to Joshua chapter 13, verse 16. So the Moabites worshipped Chemosh and Baalpeh, to whom they offered human sacrifices and practiced sexual cult. All of these cities and places belonged to Moab during Isaiah's day. They were going to be destroyed because, although the Moabites professed to know God, they actually spent their time in heathen temples dedicated to pagan gods, saying that they were worshipping the true and living God. And Isaiah says that contradictory lifestyle is never welcome in God's kingdom. In their streets, they will clothe themselves with sackcloth. On the tops of their houses and in their streets, everyone will wail, weeping bitterly. Isaiah 15 verse 3. Now, Amman, Jordan, that is a very small poor land now, but in Isaiah's day it was a rich country, and the judgment of God seemed to still be on that place. Let's look at the sympathy of the prophet for Zohar. The judgment upon Moab was so serious that even Isaiah himself was moved. Heshbon and Elayla will cry out. Their voice shall be heard as far as Jahaz. Therefore the armed soldiers of Moab will cry out. His life will be burdensome to him. Now, Heshbon had previously been the capital of Sihon, according to Numbers 21, verse 26. Elel was one mile from Heshbon, and Jehaz was some distance away, and that, that is the same place where Sihon had fought against the Israelites, according to Numbers 21, verse 23. Although Moab was the enemy of Israel, Isaiah's heart goes out to them in sympathy because of the terror that has come upon them. And so this reveals the heart of God as well. In spite of people's sin today, God still loves them and will extend his hand of mercy to them if they will turn to him in repentance. The rest of the chapter gives a detailed description of the further ravaging of the land of Moab. It has been literally fulfilled. And again, reading through these verses of the word of God, you will only have one thing to impress you. Prophecy has been fulfilled. God is trustworthy in his word. But we go now to the final overture of mercy offered to Moab. 
chapter 16 of Isaiah opens with the last call to Moab to avail herself of the mercy of God, which he has provided for her. Send the lamb to the ruler of the land, from Sila to the wilderness, to the mount of the daughter of Zion. Isaiah 16 verse 1. You see, the only hope for Moab will be found in making peace with Judah. A lamb was to be sent from Moab to Israel for an offering on the altar there. The lamb was the animal of sacrifice which best depicts Christ Jesus. John 1 verse 29 tells us, The lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. If they sent a lamb, Moab would signify that they recognized the God of Israel. They did not send a lamb. The Moabites wanted to be religious without acknowledging the fact that they were subject to a higher will and were sinners in the sight of God. This was their great sin. Instead of sending the lamb, they refused. For it shall be as a wandering bird thrown out of the nest, so shall be the daughters of Moab at the folds of Anon. Anon is not much of a river, and it certainly would not separate the Moabites from the Assyrians. They were taken there. In mercy the throne will be established, and one will sit on it in truth, in the tabernacle of David, judging and seeking justice and hastening righteousness. Isaiah 16 verse 5. In Acts chapter 15 verse 16, James actually mentions the tabernacle of David. He says it is fallen down, but that after God had called out the Gentiles to form the church, he will turn again and rebuild the tabernacle of David. This is what Isaiah is talking about here. In mercy, the throne will be established and one will sit on it in truth and in the tabernacle of David, judging and seeking justice and hastening righteousness. What about the fierce pride of Moab? We have heard of the pride of Moab. He is very proud of his haughtiness and his pride and his wrath, but his lies shall not be so. Isaiah 16 verse 6. Now the reason that God had to reject and judge Moab was that their pride had led them to reject God's preferred offer of mercy they had rejected. God would have delivered them, but instead they trusted in their own righteousness, in their own strength. And so God would judge them. So the fulfillment of judgment within three years was then to be experienced by Moab. This is the word which the Lord has spoken concerning Moab since that time. But now the Lord has spoken saying, Within three years, as the years of a hired man, the glory of Moab will be dispersed within the glory of Moab will be despised with all that great multitude, and the remnant will be very small and feeble. Isaiah 16, verse 13 to verse 14. 
You see here, Moab was frequently invaded by the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Persians, and later by the Arab tribes. In the early part of the 6th century BC, the Moabites had lost their national independence, yet they survived as a separate people until the 2nd century BC, when they were subdued by Alexander Genius. After that, they disappeared from the scene of history completely. When God deals with nations that have to do with Israel, he never uses a calendar with the church. Within three years, the Moabites were to be destroyed. And within three years, God used Assyria to destroy this nation. It was the judgment of God upon them because of their pride. Lucifer, the son of the morning, was also lifted up with pride. He wanted to lift his throne above the throne of God. He wanted to establish his own self-contained kingdom and be independent of God. Pride is the thing that causes people to reject God's word and his revelation. Most people want do-it-yourself religion. They want to do something to be saved because it ministers to their pride. Many accuse church members of being hypocritical, selfish, and some actually anti-God. All this rests basically on the pride of the human heart. We have turned everyone in his own way, according to Isaiah 53 verse 6. Judgment came upon Moab, this out-of-the-way nation, entirely forgotten today, has had a message for you and me. Just as a hired servant keeps precise and exact records of his servitude, so shall God keep his record of Moab's rebellion and its resulting consequences. That will also be for any person. James tells us, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. When the feelings of pride are beginning to build up in you, my friend, Remember God's judgment upon Satan. Remember God's judgment upon Moab that he will do the same for you. He did it for nations. He did it for individuals. Nations are wise if they will turn to God. Rulers are wise if they will turn to God. Individuals will be even more wise if they will turn to God and humble themselves so that they are able to receive God's salvation. The reason many people have not been willing to accept Jesus Christ's way of salvation is because you want to work out your salvation. He has to work for your salvation. You humble yourself. You will be saved. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. Info at twrafrica.org.